Welcome back to Sophie and Sebastian. Or if this is your first time listening, then welcome. Sophie and Sebastian is a podcast of stories for children. And in this episode, you'll hear what happens when Sophie does not want to go to bed. Enjoy! This story is called Bedtime. It was bedtime, but Sophie did not want to go to bed. I'm not tired, said Sophie. I'll be the judge of that, said Dad. It's bedtime. Let's go. Sophie did not respond. She rolled off the couch and lay on the floor. Come on, let's go, Sophie. I'm thirsty and I haven't had a story yet. No story tonight. Let's go. But I'm not tired. Right, said Dad. I guess I'm just going to have to carry you. He scooped Sophie up from the ground and marched to the bathroom. Every night, Sophie, said Dad. One day, when you're older, you'll want to go to bed. One day, said Sophie, I'll make you go to bed. Maybe you will. And one day, when you have your own children, I will laugh about how much trouble they give you. Dad looked for Sophie's toothbrush. My kids will listen to me, said Sophie. I'm really good at being bossy. True enough, said Dad, and he brushed Sophie's teeth. When she finally got to bed, Sophie wanted to pray. She said, God, thank you for this day. Please be with Bert and Fran and Mrs. Wilson and with everybody in the whole wide world. Amen. That was quick, said Dad. That's because I just pray for everybody. That saves time, said Sophie. Okay, well, have a good night. Dad tried to give Sophie a kiss and a hug, but she hid under the blankets. Then Dad said goodbye, and Sophie said, Stop! You're forgetting to give me a kiss and a hug. So Dad gave her a kiss and a hug. Now can I have a story? said Sophie. Dad let out a big sigh. Oh, Sophie, he said, we don't need a story every night. But you know what? I will read you some poems if you like. On Sophie's dresser lay a big book full of poems. Mrs. Wilson had given it to Sophie to borrow. It had a colorful cover and a very long title. The book was called Professor Fanciful's Compendium of Fabulous Verse compiled for the amusement of children and their guardians. Dad opened the book. How about we both pick one poem, he said. Fine, said Sophie. What's the longest one? Dad looked through the book. It's this one, he said. It's called Candies from the Andes, and it's really quite long. So Sophie snuggled up under her covers and listened to the poem. And this is how it goes. Candies from the Andes I met a llama walking in the Andes. He asked me whether I had any candies. I said, I've got some rockets in my pockets. The llama said, I'll take them. I said, I do not usually make trades for free. Please do not try bamboozle me. Let's make a deal to which we both agree. The llama said, 
I'll take them. I said, I'm trying very hard to be polite, but really, these are mine by right. I will not give them up without a fight. The Lama said, Can you guess? I'll take them. I'm sorry, I replied. I do not think you understand. I will not listen to your strange demand. Your behavior is both beastly and bizarre. I'm leaving. See you later. Au revoir. But as I was about to turn away, I heard that stubborn Lama say, All right then, if you really must, I'm willing to forgive you your distrust. You're so quick to judge, you think you know so much. But I bet you never did expect that when I'm rude, I show you great respect. Lamas never listen to a word you say. That way we never have a chance to disobey. Of love there is no greater proof than to ignore and stay aloof. In fact, I never wanted any of your rockets. For all I care, you keep them in your pockets. It was my way of saying hi. But if you are like that, well, then goodbye. The Lama stopped and smiled a gentle smile. I stood there, mouth open, for quite a while, until at last I simply said, I'm sorry. No problem, he said, not to worry. It happens all the time, and prejudice is not a serious crime. I forgive you your mistake, it's one that anyone could make. He added then, Before you go, I would like to bestow a token of kindness, a kind of present, something nice and something pleasant. I said, You mustn't, really, unless you insist. In that case, how could I resist? I'll take whatever you would like to give. I'll take it if it helps you to forgive. He said, I have a special treat I like to give to almost everyone I meet. A delicious spitball from the Andes. It's better than all other candies. Open up your mouth and I will toss one in, and it will swoosh and swirl and slosh within, and then you'll know that I'm polite, and that I've never acted out of spite. Then I opened nice and wide in expectation, held my eyes shut in anticipation, so I never saw him lob a big one in, a gigantic glob of spittle running down my chin. He gave me everything he had. It tasted awful and it smelled real bad. I swallowed half-chewed grass, saliva, snot, and stomach gas. So now when I go walking in the Andes, I make sure I never ask for candies. And I've become as rude as I can be to show my deep respect to everyone I see. That's it, said Dad. That was a long one. It was a funny one, said Sophie. That llama was pretty gross. I would never have opened my mouth, or at least I would have spit right back at him. I'm sure you would, said Dad. Now, let me see if Professor Fanciful has a poem I like. He leafed through the book. This one is called Bedtime, said Dad. Let's see if it's any good. So Dad read the poem. I'm sorry, Dad, I'm sorry, Mum, but I have no more kisses. 
And if I had, I'd give you none. I'd only give you misses. And did I tell you, the hugs are also gone. The other day I still had two, but now I only have a yawn. You can have some bed bugs, or the monster under the bed. It always asks for hugs, and it squeezes till you're dead. What do you mean you have to go? You can't just go away. I really want to know, why don't you have all day? I haven't even kissed you yet. And don't you want a hug? And please do not forget to make the covers snug. And can you rub my back? And turn on the light? And open the door a crack? And... Okay, fine. Good night. I think that describes you perfectly, said Dad. I'm sure Professor Fanciful must have had a daughter named Sophie, who also never wants to go to bed. Well, now it's really time to go to sleep. Good night. Then Dad gave Sophie one more kiss, turned off the light, and went out. When Dad was gone, Sophie looked around. She wondered what to do. Did she feel thirsty? Were her lips dry? Should she yell for Mum or Dad? Sophie lay in her bed and looked at the ceiling. It was way too early to go to sleep. Then Sophie had an idea. First, she found her flashlight in her purse. Then she grabbed Polly the polar bear. You have to be quiet, she said quite loudly, for Polly was mostly deaf. Then Sophie slowly opened the door. She made Polly peek out first to see if anyone was in the hallway. Polly had nothing to report, so Sophie checked for herself. The coast was clear. Then Sophie and Polly walked down the hallway, Sophie on her tippy toes and Polly on his back. They came to Sebastian's bedroom door. Sophie opened the door and snuck in. Polly followed on her heels. It was dark inside Sebastian's room, so Sophie turned on her flashlight. It was great fun to shine it all around the room. Sebastian was sleeping soundly in his bed. Just now he was dreaming of a train going choo-choo through a tunnel. The tunnel was so dark that the driver had to turn on the lights. Another train was coming from the other direction. It, too, turned on its lights. Then Sebastian dreamt that the trains hit each other. The trains felt the sort of feeling you get when someone drops a stuffy on you, or maybe a flashlight or a purse. It's hard to keep dreaming after your dream is all smashed up. You can have the same dream again, and maybe it will turn out different. Or you can start a new dream. That's what Sebastian did. He dreamt of race cars having a race. Meanwhile, Sophie had climbed into Sebastian's bed. Her belongings had already arrived. Sophie placed Polly under her head as a pillow. He did not mind. And snuggled up beside Sebastian. In Sebastian's dream, his race car had turned into a bumper car. And then when Sophie was all cozy and snug, she told Sebastian a story. It was her favorite story, and she had made it up herself. Once upon a time there was a beautiful princess named Sophie. 
Sophie also had a teensy-weensy tiny-whiny brother named Sebastian. But their parents were very mean. They didn't read them any stories, and they made them go to bed way too early. So, one day, Sophie and Sebastian went on an adventure in a hot air balloon. Sophie paused, but Sebastian had nothing to say. So she continued. The hot air balloon went up and up and up, higher than the rooftops, higher than the trees, and higher than the mountains. If you looked down, you could see thousands of little lights, all dancing in the dark like tiny glowworms. And still the hot air balloon kept climbing. Pretty soon it was all the way in outer space. It went higher and higher until it floated right past the moon. Look, said Sophie, and she pointed at the far side of the moon. It was the most amazing thing they had ever seen. Where the sunlight hit the moon, the entire surface was covered with the most beautiful fields of lush green grass waving gently in the breeze. And far in the distance they saw one lonely cow grazing in an ocean of grass. Then Sophie and Sebastian landed their hot air balloon on the other side of the moon. They climbed out and introduced themselves to the cow. How do you do? said Sophie. My name is Sophie, and this is my teensy-weensy tiny-whiny brother Sebastian. Moo, said the cow. Moo to you too, said Sophie. Could you tell us how you got here, and why there is all this grass on the other side of the moon? It's a long story, said the cow. But I will tell you if you don't mind that I need to keep eating at the same time. I know it's not polite, but I have a job to do. That's okay, said Sebastian. I talk with my mouthful all the time. Well then, said the cow, a long time ago, back in the Middle Ages, people did a lot of fighting. They liked to knock each other around with swords and clubs, and sometimes they lobbed big stones at the castle. Then one day some people thought it would be funny to replace the stones with cows. They strapped us onto a catapult and launched us into the air. Some of us splashed into the moat, and others smashed into a tower wall, but I flashed by everyone and shot right into the sky. And that, in short, is how I ended up on this side of the moon. That is awesome, said Sebastian. I would love to be a knight and shoot cows at people. You are a rude young boy, said the cow. But I will finish my story. When I got here, the whole moon was bare, and nothing grew on it. But I was so dizzy after my flight that I coughed up a whole bunch of half-chewed grass, saliva, snot, and stomach gas. Then I did a number two and lay down for a sleep. The next day I woke up in the most beautiful pasture I had ever seen. Everywhere I looked, grass and more grass, just as it is today. And that's when I started eating and eating, because I realized something important. If people ever found out that you could grow things on the moon, 
they would be here in a flash. So, ever since, I've been trying to gobble up this grass on the far edge of the moon, just before the moon turns and becomes visible to man. But, as the moon keeps turning and the sun shines on it, the grass starts growing again. It's very tiresome work. The cow had tears in its eyes. Wow, said Sophie, I feel very sorry for you. But I have some good news for you. Very few people nowadays have catapults, and even fewer use them to shoot cows. The cow smiled. That is good to know. I'll think about it. In the meantime, promise me you won't tell anyone my story. Will do, said Sophie. But we have to go now, because Sebastian has to go to bed. Then Sophie and Sebastian left the golden fields of green on the other side of the moon, and they floated back down to earth, and they told no one that the grass is greener on the other side. And that was the end of Sophie's story. But Sebastian still said nothing. He was having a really, really awesome dream. He was jumping up and down on the trampoline and also on mum and dad's bed at the same time. Sophie did not mind. You go to sleep, little boy, she said, and she patted his head. Then she got a candy out of her purse that she had saved for just such an occasion. She sucked on the candy and shone her flashlight all around on the ceiling. It was hard to keep her eyes open. You must be tired, she said to Sebastian. I will sing you a lullabaloo. So she sang, The skies are dark, the sea is deep, the wind is in the trees. So close your eyes and go to sleep, my little pretty please. Of course, one song is never quite enough, which is why she also sang the wheels on the bus. But soon she was too tired to continue, for it's a song that goes on and on and round and round. Then she stopped singing and dozed off. Pretty soon she was fast asleep, curled up next to Sebastian, cozy together in a warm home, in a dark world, in a vast and glittering universe. And as the earth flew through space, spinning like a girl on a monkey bar, now blinded by the blazing sun, now swinging through the shade, so Sophie's mind turned in dizzying rotations through the colorful spots and images of her dreams. Thanks for listening to Sophie and Sebastian. We always welcome your feedback and comments, so write us a note or a review. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and you can stay in touch on Facebook and on our website, sophieandsebastian.com. Bye for now.